Don't worry about, oh, but it's taking too long. Oh, but I've already done that. How long? How long? Stop measuring how long and instead look to the promiser. He never, ever, ever disappoints. your shame you shall have double honor so turn to your neighbor and said this year you're gonna have double honor this is the beginning of a new day this is the beginning of a new era in your life a new season if you will so double honor instead of confusion you are gonna rejoice in your portion you're rejoicing no more confusion I take authority over any confusion and we're gonna rejoice in our portion say I'm rejoicing in my portion my portion is great your portion is great in the mighty name of Jesus and the word goes on to say that you shall possess double in your land which means now you shall possess double in your land and it says that everlasting joy is yours see now when I read to you the Word of God like this and you hear the Word of God you said this mine I'm taking it I'm grabbing it I'm hanging on to it and I'm gonna deposit it on the inside of me and I will not be left without in other words I won't lack for the Word of God has already spoken so it's up to us to come into agreement with the Word of God and say it's mine I thank you Lord for giving that to me it's all yours but see when you know by faith you're gonna take it grab hold of it and walk in it now we're talking a whole new level a whole new level of anointing and a whole new level of authority amen how many of you want to increase in anointing this year how many of you want to increase in the anointing God has given you God has given you all a measure of anointing and you know what if you want to increase in it then let the Word of God be dwelling richly within you and let that word come flowing out of your mouth amen Acts 10:38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. He anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He anointed him with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. This is a scripture that we know that the Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world, right? The Bible says that as Jesus is, so are we. So if you belong to Christ, as Jesus is, so are you. I'm going to read the scripture again, because you can insert your name in this. So God says in Acts 10:38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. God anointed you, Brandy, with the Holy Spirit. Put your name in there. God anointed you. He anointed you, Kelly, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. You're going about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Hallelujah. See, God never tells you to do something that you cannot do. We're in agreement. God never tells you to do something that you are not qualified to do. So fulfilling his promise requires an act of obedience, and it also requires a step of faith. It requires an act of obedience, but it requires a step of faith. Say faith. Do what God has told you to do and then expect God to do the rest. Do his part. Do what God has told you to do. When you do your part, God says, I am faithful. I will do my part. Just do yours. Take my word and do my word. Believe me at my word. Here are some examples. Noah built the ark. God flooded the earth. Noah didn't flood the earth. Noah built the ark. God flooded the earth. Moses stretched out the rod. He stretched out his hand. He stretched out his rod. God parted the waters. 
What God has called you to do, do your part. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho, but God's the one that pushed them down. He did what God told him to do. So you have to hear and you have to obey. Obedience and faith, right? Even when it looks ridiculous, right? Elijah struck the waters, but God is the one that parted them. See, when you get that word, uh, that rhema word from God, and you said, oh, God, I hear you, and I'm going to do exactly what you've told me to do. When you're faithful to do that, God will do his part. Elisha threw the stick in the river, but God made the iron to swim. What iron swims? Come on, what kind of iron doesn't just sink? But this kind of iron decided to come ahead, come up onto the top of the water because this man of God was doing what he, God told him to do. And the miraculous always happens when you obey the call of God and you do what God tells you to do in spite of what it looks like and in spite of what everyone might be saying all around you. Amen. Do I get an amen? Can I hear an amen? How about Naaman? Naaman dipped seven times. Seven times he dipped in the water, but God is the one that healed him of the leprosy. But he needed to dip in the right river. He needed to obey accurately 100% and do it God's way, not his way. When you try to do it your way, you just missed out on the blessing, the healing, and the deliverance, and that financial increase because you wanted to do it your way because you didn't see any sense in what God told you. Don't let that be you. I'm pausing so your brain can catch up on everything I just said. We're going to do what God's called us to do no matter what. Jesus said, it is the believer who may lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's all of you. Are we all believers in this room? Is anybody not a believer in this room? A believer in Jesus Christ? Well, I know you are. He's raising his hand. Okay, so yes, he's a believer. Anybody not a believer in this room? Like you don't really know that you've committed your life to the Lord, but you actually want to do that today. I want to make sure that I give an opportunity. Everyone has said yes to Jesus in this room. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Best decision that we ever made. Isn't that the truth? Best decision we ever made was to say yes to Jesus. My goodness, how he walks with us, how he talks with us, and how he heals us. So Jesus said, it is the believer who may lay their hands upon the sick, and it is God who will make them well. Your job is to lay your hands upon the sick. It is God's job to heal them. It is my job to lay my hands upon the sick and to speak forth healing, but it is actually God that brings forth the healing. He's the healer. We are not. It is our job to cast out that demon, to speak to the demon, and to command it to go. It is God's job to see that it all is finished and it all comes to pass because we're in alignment with the will and the word of God. Amen? So you need to remember you position yourself as a rightful daughter in the king. You're a rightful son or daughter in, of the king. And as you position yourself correctly, you see God's glorious hand moving in your life cons consistently and powerfully. So Jesus said, and this is so important because you can know what I'm talking about intellectually, but until this becomes until it becomes rhema to you, until it becomes revelation to you, then it's still something that you know but don't see the workings in your life. And that needs to change. Say, so it's going to change this year. I'm decreeing it's going to change. 
Amen. So Jesus said that the believers may anoint the sick with oil and pray the prayer of faith on their behalf. And he said that it is the Lord who shall raise up the sick. See, faith is never a feeling and feeling is never faith. Let your words line up with the word. Whenever your words coming out of your mouth don't line up with the word of God, that's the level of where your faith stops. See, so your words actually have to line up with the word of God. When they don't, when you're speaking something contrary to the word, that's where your faith stops. Only by faith can we please God. So when you get your words in alignment with the word of God, speaking the truth, you're going to speak life and not death. You're going to speak the increase and the abundance, not what you may feel. That's when your faith rises to a whole nother level because now your words are matched with the faith of God, the words of God. And now there's nothing that's going to be able to stop the working of God in your life. It is not difficult for God to make his word come to pass. It is not difficult. I just read to you in Acts 10.38 where Jesus was anointed. God anointed Jesus, right, with the Holy Spirit and with power, right? And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. But God is with us too. God is with you. And God is saying, when you do it my way, you're going to see my kind of results. You're going to see supernatural results. You're going to see the abundance that I have for you, church of God. This is powerful. In Mark 5, 23 and through 41, there's a story of Jairus' daughter. And she was at the point of death. We know the story. And he said, come, he said to Jesus, come lay your hands upon her. He says, if you lay your hands upon her, she will be, she'll, she'll rise up. She, she had died. And when Jesus went, he took her by the hand and he said, arise. He said, little girl, arise. And you know, tonight I want to speak over you that the callings of God that are still dormant in your life, let God speak right now to your spirit man hear the word of the lord arise in your calling arise to the will of god arise no more sleeping no more slumbering this is the brand new day of a brand new year and we're going to speak forth the word of god and we're going to see it come to pass the word of god says every promise is yes and amen amen yes and amen to us who believe when we believe God at his word, we receive the fullness. Don't worry about the time limit, the timetable, the time span. Don't worry about, oh, but it's taking too long. Oh, but I've already done that. How long? How long? Stop measuring how long and instead look to the promiser. He never, ever, ever disappoints. His word doesn't disappoint. See, everything can change. Everything can shift for you in a moment when you start to realize, I get to be in alignment with the word of God. I get to do this. All the promises of God are yes and amen. This is 2 Corinthians 1.20, if you're taking notes. 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God in him, means in Jesus, are yes and amen to the glory of God. 2 Chronicles, 2 Corinthians 1.20. And then there's two other scriptures I want to give you right now. One is 1 Kings um, 8.56. Not one of all his good work has failed. Not one, not one, not one, not one of his word, not one of his words 
has failed. Not one, not one of his workings, not one of his word. It has not failed. If God says in his word that nothing in his word will fail you, not one thing, that's a pretty good promise, wouldn't you say? That's a pretty good. So grab hold of that promise. Grab hold of the promises. Know that the only person that you're shortchanging when you don't do this is really, quite honestly, you. And of course, people that are around you, right? So, but today is a new day. It's a new day. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 12, 25. I am the Lord. I will speak. And the word that I speak shall come to pass. What a... What a scripture. I am the Lord. I will speak. And the word that I speak shall come to pass. What are you speaking? What word of God are you speaking? What word of God are you speaking? There is nothing. There's no reason why we would be here limited because when God has the abundance and he says, I just want you to start claiming it. I just want you to start walking in it. So when we talk about healing for a moment, Jesus saw the woman that was, she was bent over with the spirit of infirmity. This is in Luke 13 and 11 and through 13. But she, he saw the woman that was bent over with the spirit of infirmity. She was like that for 18 years. Uh, but, you know, she said she wanted Jesus to lay hands on her. Why? Because there's something about laying on of hands. Uh, there's something that happens in the laying on of hands. Uh, it's not the only way that you can heal. It's not the only way that God uses to heal the sick. But he certainly is one of the ways. He laid his hands upon this woman that had the spirit of infirmity for 18 years and immediately she was straightened up immediately let me tell you i want you to have faith that says the minute you pray you're going to see it have come to pass like the minute you pray you're going to see it come to pass how many of you in this room want that measure of faith that kind of faith the minute that you pray it's coming to pass well it's coming to pass the minute that you pray because in reality you've got to know that it already did it's already come to pass no and it's we have to know this we have to know that the word of god tells us that it's by his stripes that we're healed we're healed already we're healed isaiah 53 4 and 5 it says this Surely he has borne our sicknesses and our diseases, and he has carried our pains. Now, I inserted the words that really mean what they really mean in there so that you can understand the word of the Lord says it's already paid for. It's already provided for. Healing is in the atonement. When you got saved, it wasn't just your sins that were forgiven. You were healed. Your body was healed. Brandy, your body was healed. When we got saved, Jesus said, my blood was enough. My blood will always be enough. It is sufficient. Everything that you need for life and godliness is found in Christ. Amen? So, but it's the blood of Jesus that we apply upon ourselves. And even with finances, we we're praying for finances here today but the blood of Jesus is sufficient it's sufficient you get the word on it it's sufficient it is so true but you got to get that word coming forth so Isaiah 53 4 and 5 he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our infirmities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed we are healed we're already healed you're free you're free from bondage you're free from the bondage of sickness. You're free from the bondage of sin. That's what was purchased at the cross. We have the opportunity to walk into this new year 
with a clean slate. 100% with a clean slate. It's going to take some decisions on your part, like making sure that you leave the old in the past. You're walking in to the new. How many in this room or listening to this message would say, I am making a decision to leave the old things and the old ways in the past? Because I want to move forward. I want to see your hands. If that's truly you. I'm saying yes to Jesus, and I'm saying no to the things of the past. If you're not sure, so not everybody's hand is up. So I'm assuming most people's, yeah, no, all the signs are, okay, it's up, it's up. So it's really, really critical that when we make decisions for Christ, to follow after Christ wholeheartedly, that we mean to carry it out. I mean to carry it out. I mean it 100%. Let me tell you something. God's grace is there. His mercy is there. You, when you fail or mess up, God says, get back up. I forgive you. Get back up. You're forgiven. Righteous man falls seven times, but seven times will get back up. So don't let that be the reason that you don't say, I'm stepping into everything God has for me. I'm not going to let the deceiver of my soul rob for me not even one more minute. Because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to make safe decisions or so he tells you they're safe. They're not safe. They're full of lies. He wants you to not be surrendered completely to him, thinking that, oh, that's safer. No, it's not. You just walked into a den of thieves. You just walked into a pit. You walked into a bunch of lies is all it is. The spirit of the living God is able to take care of you. Is that not true? He's able to provide for you. He's able to lift you up. He's able to, he's able to give you grace where you need it. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. How many of you say, I want to walk on fire this year? Like, I have to have the, I, I'm not going to mess around. We're not messing around in this church, are we? We are not messing around in this church. We want the fullness of everything God has for us. And why not? Why not? Oh, my goodness. So how many are going to commit their, themselves to reading the Word of God? Like, every day. As most of, I think a lot of us already do. But there may be some that don't, or maybe they were reading it and kind of got behind and stopped reading it. So today we're going to start over. Are you starting over, man in the back, next to Andrew? Yes, you're starting over. You're going to read the Word of God. When you read the Word of God, the Word of God is reading you. Isn't that cool? Don't you be thinking, oh my gosh, oh no. No, that's the best thing that could happen to us. When we read the Word of God, the Word of God reads us. In other words, God shows us the areas that we need to really surrender, the areas that we don't understand, the areas that we don't know how. We don't know how. We don't know how to walk that right. We don't know. There's things in the past that are limiting our ability to really move forward because we've seen some poor examples in Christianity, in church, from pastors, from parents, Right? And so, and so that ends up limiting people from really believing and walking purely in the Word of God. But I'm telling you, don't, those are excuses. Those are lies that the enemy tries to tell you. Though they're lies. Don't buy into the lie. Today, every one of us have the ability to say, Lord, I'm going to start anew. And I'm going to be in my Word. I'm going to read the Word of God. And I'm, I'm going to commit to doing this daily. You know, and, and as I do this, the Word is reading me. When the Word reads me, then I, I'm transformed 
I know how to think. I know how to act. I know how to speak. I know not where I know where I shouldn't go, and I know where I should go. I know what God's called me to be. I can contend with the promises of God. We must contend with these promises. Every one of us have had promises that have been spoken over our lives. But we have to contend for those promises, right? You know, we contend. You know, uh, Joseph contended for the promises of God until they came to pass. We have to contend for the promises of God until they come to pass. But how are you going to know them if you're not in your word? So this year, we're going to make sure that reading the word of God is, is just, it's one of the utmost priorities in your lives. Amen? Yes, it's your bread, exactly. It's your bread, it's your water, it's your life, it's everything. It's He is everything. Amen. So Psalm 103, 2 and 3. Remember the benefits of your redemption. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives you of all your iniquities and heals you of all your diseases. Amen. These are some scriptures that we stand on for healing. Yes. Right? Yes. But not just healing. Who forgives you of all your sin. Who forgives you of all your iniquities. Who forgives us. But we bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. We bless the Lord because he is faithful. We bless the Lord because he is so good. Amen. Receive it. Some people believe that they must suffer. They must be sick. And they must suffer like Job suffered. Is there anybody like that? They're probably not going to admit it. But so let me just keep going. You're not going to admit it if you do. Okay, well, we got a couple. Wonderful, wonderful. So some people believe that they must suffer sickness. And, and you know, Job suffered. So you know what? We're going to suffer. Let me tell you something. Jesus already, he says, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said that I've come to give you life abundantly. He said that it's the enemy that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He said, it's the enemy that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But he said, but I have come to give you life and to, li and to give you that life more abundantly. So the problem comes is, is when people think that we still live in this old mindset, this letter of the law, they put themselves under a, a law mentality, but we are in the post Calvary era. In other words, Christ has already come and he's already paid the price and he's already risen again because he didn't stay dead and his blood covered and his blood was enough. And now he said, I have taken, I have removed the sickness and disease actually comes from the devil. It comes from the enemy. The one that kills still and destroys. And you have to say something in your life. Even if you see sickness, you got to say it doesn't come from my God. It does not come. I'm not going to tolerate it. God is not trying to teach you a lesson these are lies these are lies that people believe in it's bad theology is what it is it is bad theology and people start to believe this bad theology and then they just make an excuse to be able to keep this mentality of sickness and it doesn't have to be challenged but you know what i just read to you some scriptures and there's a whole lot more you know psalm 103 we just read it verse 2 and 3 remember it says bless the lord O my soul who forgives you of all of your iniquities and who heals you of all your diseases. He heals you of all your diseases. So we live in a post-Calvary era under grace and truth, which sets us free from the curse of the law. 
We've been set free. You've been set free from the curse of the law. See, we don't measure God's truth based on our experience. We don't measure God's truth based on how we feel, based on a circumstance. We contend for the healing that Jesus already purchased for us. And we continue to contend for that healing until we see it with our natural eyes. Amen. Amen. Christ became sick with the diseases that we might be healed. He knew no sickness and, and no sin, but he became sickness for us. See, we know he became sin for us. We all know that. But when you replace that word sin for sickness, oh, that sounds a little different. But he did both at the cross. He bore, he put upon himself, he allowed to be put upon himself. Sickness. He took it upon himself. If he took it upon himself based on Isaiah 53, what are we doing taking it upon ourselves? What are we doing allowing it to stay? Oh, claiming it. Why? No. No. God has so much more for us. It's already done. It's done. The divine exchange, he's done. He took our infirmities. He made us strong. He took our failures. He gave us his success. He gave us his healing. He gave us his forgiveness. Am I making sense? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in, in Hebrews 1.3, Jesus was the exact image of the Father. And he went about healing all who were sick, which we already went over that scripture in Acts 10, 38. But Jesus was the exact image of the Father, and that's Hebrews 1, 3. And I'm going to read you the scripture. It says, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. He's upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the perfect expression of God. Who are we? Christ lives in us. Christ lives in you. I want you to start seeing yourself as that perfect expression of God. That doesn't mean you never sin, but, but there's God sees you through the eyes of Jesus, and you're this perfect expression of God in you. So therefore, you've been equipped to love one another well. You've been equipped. In other words, everything you need for life and godliness is already in you. It's in you. Now, whether you choose to operate in that or not is another story, but I believe you're going to choose to operate in that. I believe that you're going to honor God at his word. Oh.